Hello and welcome to Dear Sadie. My name is Benny, and if your name is not Sadie or Amelia Prabhu, thank you for tuning in to see what this is all about. And if you are Amelia or Sadie, I'm glad you're still here. So, if this is the first episode you're listening to, this podcast is a love letter to my daughter Sadie through a series of conversations with friends and family on different topics that are important to me, and some I hope that you will find interesting and worth listening to. At the time of recording this, Sadie is just over nine months old, and needless to say, I hope that this will be a gift she will appreciate in the coming years. As we get closer to the end of the podcast, I wanted to get back to the metaphorical beginning. That is, the beginning of myself and Abigail, aka Benny Gale. More specifically, what led me to meeting my dear wife? So I invited someone who was there at the very beginning. Kevin Howard, or Pastor K, as I like to call him, to come on the podcast and share his memories of the mission trip that led me to meeting my future wife, but perhaps more importantly, share his thoughts on mission trips, parenting, and what lies ahead for both. Stay tuned for all that and more. So, Kevin. First of all, I am so excited to see you. I, I know for the listeners, they, they can't see anything, but I'm so excited to see you because it's been a while um, since we've even met, but it's good to see your uh, smiling, handsome face. Oh, are you kidding me? So, I'm looking at Dr. Love. Uh, <laughs> I haven't forgot. That's what I mean. I To be able to see you is is better than morning coffee. And I like my coffee, but being able to see you and just hear your voice and think about some sweet memories when things are difficult, things are hard in life. It doesn't yeah. matter. You have to have that coffee. Well, I haven't gotten to have a good cup of coffee like this for a long time. <laughs> that's a very high compliment. I've never heard someone describe me as coffee, but uh, that's a good thing, right? So, well, do you actually remember the first time we met? Oh, man. One of my favorite. I. I think you'll probably be surprised at how much I do remember because there's a lot of things in life I really don't. My memory is not what I think it used to be, um, but a lot mm-hmm. of things with you I really do. And um, yeah, being there in Pittsburgh, staying up really late, and I I remember um, I remember thinking there's a part of this guy that hasn't been heard, and um, being very moved by that. Uh, this was a guy who right away. I believed I could trust. I didn't expect him to trust me or even that wasn't a thought. How can I get this guy to trust me? It was, I feel like I can trust this guy. And, um, and that's always been, that's played out true. And it was, a uh, yeah, I remember this guy's really smart, but he doesn't have to tell anybody that just sit and listen to him and he's worth listening to. And, um, I remember feeling like, um, um, privileged because I felt like, um, you were being you with me and I don't, 
I didn't get the feeling you're always you with your family. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant, but I knew there's everybody's always got bigger stories. There's always other dynamics right. of life. But I remember feeling like, I think I'm, that's who this guy is. I love it. And stayed up really late. Had no idea that night when I went down there that I was going to meet you or what that all meant. And yeah, no, I remember. Uh, I remember, I remember a lot, Benjamin, Benjamin, Benny, Dr. Love. I remember a lot. <laughs> you know, you said all those nice things about me. Now I feel bad because I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> I'm sure. Trust me. <laughs> My first memory of you, because I, I remember you co uh, coming to, uh, we were, so I was living with my parents in this apartment in Pittsburgh, and I remember you coming over, and I think my dad was out at that time, but this is the first time I'm seeing you, you, you drop in, and then just, uh, I think my dad texted or called saying he was only like a couple of minutes away, and I told you, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go hide <laughs> in the next room, and I'm going to surprise him, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know this person. Yeah. This is crazy. And that is my first impression of you, which, you know, now, like looking back, it's, it, it is so you. And I'm, I'm really glad that that is your personality, even with someone you never met before, because for most people, I think they would be a lot more formal, a lot more reserved, and they wouldn't ask someone like, hey, can I hide in your bedroom closet? So that is my first memory of you, but I'm so glad that for, you know, in, in all these years, and I kind of, you know, I mentioned it to you over the phone when we spoke, uh, you're a person that, you know, even if we go years without talking, like, and then one day you pick up the phone and you get on, you, you get on a call and you start speaking and it's just like, you know, we've always been in touch. And I think that's a testament to the relationship that we have. And I, I get the sense that you feel the same. Oh, so. a lot, a lot. I life is life is hard in lots of ways, and um, for lots of people. But then you once in a while you meet people that you you don't you don't have. I I don't think when I'm around you in the way of how am I going? How's Benjamin going to respond to this? I call him Doctor Love. Is he going to get upset with me? <laughs> I, I you there's certain individuals that promote you being yourself and right. that's beautiful and that transparent that that just that i don't know if it's even vulnerability it's it's no it's who i am and so even uh i can remember uh even in those times meeting that first one uh i remember your mom and dad uh i know that form i i understood some of that i didn't right. i don't need that I don't, I don't want that. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm not a, this, I'm a, I'm, my name's Kevin. You're Benjamin. You're probably yeah. like, and that, that's always important to me, especially if you're going to work in some sort of form of ministry, like, man, I, there's no big eyes or little use in the kingdom of God. There, there's right. one. And um, so, and you help, there's certain people. Um, and I felt that with you that help promote that. And it just makes it easy. No, uh, uh, one of the blessings I've had in life is I've gotten to be with some really important people and some people who people don't realize how important they are. And uh, right. for me, that aspect uh, is, is we're okay. We're the same. We're there's, it's, that, it's that beautiful part. If I, I, I've been with dignitaries where I watch my words. I watch how I act. I've been in that place where I'm, I'm, I'm civilized.
And then yeah. I've been with other individuals that just make you feel alive. And the people that sometimes act real civilized wish they could act like the rest of us, just normal, you know? So anyway. <laughs> well, you know, one thing, you know, you keep calling me Dr. Love. I feel like uh, you need to explain why, especially for Sadie, I think she would be interested in knowing right. the origin of this. Do you even know why? Uh, I have my theories, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll let you have the final word. Yeah, there's just a, there's a part. Uh, your dad is a good looking man, Sadie. He was a good looking man from the beginning. And um, what people had to get through, they could see he's a good looking man. They had to get past his pride after a while to, uh, to realize, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's, he's a good looking guy. And um, no, he, Dr. Love, because he could, he could walk into a room, people would see, hey, as a good looking guy, could have talked to different girls and all that good stuff. Um, Dr. Love was just also a way to, but your dad was kind of nervous, at least when he was around other people. So I called Dr. Love and make him feel nervous. So <laughs> that actually leads me to, um, Abigail, a uh, perfect way to lead into that. Um, what were your first impressions of Abigail when you first met her? Because if I remember correctly, this was just prior to the mission trip in 2011, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I have. So Abigail, it's hard for me to separate and remember exact first impressions versus uh, some feelings that were there. And there were so many feelings uh, that some of those feelings even get crowded by actually being on the mission trip because there were a lot of dynamics to that trip that a lot of people still don't know and won't know because uh -huh. behind the scenes things that in other people's lives. And it's hard when um, Abigail got on that trip. That was one of us being in India originally is an amazing, wonderful story of how that ever even took place. Then now fast forward to when Abigail goes is one of those stories that for me, I just loved. Um, I actually, before I called Abigail to go on that trip, um, I called her dad and um, there was just a lot of things. I really, really respected Abigail and um, but it, it was an, we wouldn't have gone on that trip if Abigail wouldn't have gone. Uh, when right. we, there was a, there were some things that took place and we needed another woman to go. And that was the first name that, in, that came up. And for me, um, that says a lot for Abigail that in my mind and others, my, like, it wasn't like a, well, let's figure out something. It was, no, we want Abigail. And um, mm -hmm. that was very true. And, and no, did not know her well enough but knew certain things well enough that knew that we wanted Abigail. And, um, uh, and yeah, that was really neat. I mean, wonderful, lots of things. And she had just gotten back from a trip, I think, relatively uh, before that. So there's a lot of stuff that She'd I knew. She'd been doing a lot of mission yeah. trips in the lead up to that one, yeah. And so in that, there was a trust of her that she wasn't going to find things awkward. It was a trust of her that, like, hey, listen, uh, if you're holding a baby somewhere – and it pees on you. You're not going to freak out and say, take this thing away from me. <laughs> there was a part of no, yeah. she's going to be able to do things. And, and, and knowing a little bit more, I knew she could carry herself in other ways. And that was a beautiful deal. So, so let's talk about that trip. Uh, so the year 2011, there's a mission team coming from central Pennsylvania. And then Abigail pretty much well, even though she was living in North Carolina at that time, she steps in because you needed an extra person. Um, and this is such a huge part of our 
you know, when people ask, so how did you two meet? It's, <laughs> it's, it's a huge part of our uh, lives. And really that trip changed our lives in so many ways. So I, so I'll, I'll say what I remember. And then uh, I, I want to hear what do you remember about this as well? Because when you guys landed in India, uh, you landed in Chennai. It was yeah. what is three or four in the morning when you yeah. eventually tired. <laughs> out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm waiting with a garland and I, I know everyone on that team, except for Abigail. So I'm putting the garland on each one of you as cheerfully as I could. And I remember <laughs> when it came to Abigail, it was just like tonk. I just like dropped it on her neck because I'm like, I don't know you, but it was, it's one of those moments that I look back and it'll, uh, it's, it's one of those memorable, this is how I met your mother <laughs> stories. Um, and then the, the two weeks that followed, uh, you know, all the travels, all the conversations, uh, that will stay on with me, but I'm just curious to hear what you remember from that trip especially as pertaining to me and Abigail, but also not just like me and Abigail, but the work that we did, because I think people need to know the ground realities of a mission trip. You know, it's not no. just what you yeah. see in the pictures on Facebook, but the actual work that we do. Uh, so I, I would take up way too much. So it, as I started, when we started talking, I don't remember lots of things. It's really frustrating because I find myself not remembering. Okay. Um, but I remember that trip a lot. I remember lots and lots of details. I don't, people use words in ways that I, I try not to. I work really hard not to use it. I've probably, I, I've been blessed to do lots of things and there's lots of stories. I think two times I've used the word anointed. I think there were times of my first trip <clears throat> to India that were. And I think this trip had a lot of that in there. And so I remember a lot. And so far more than, than we had. <laughs> I, I, could, I could go on about the two of you. I could go on um, about uh, everything from uh, uh, us being in a Muslim mosque um, to... <laughs> Abigail and I uh, being in a, a Muslim's home for a guy that I still pray for. I still have friends that bring soda over to his house. And when I happen to be there in India subsequent years, I bring the sodas and stuff over to the house and they open the door mm -hmm. like a long lost friend. And yeah. um, I I can go at length about uh, Carnegie, I, uh, the leper home. I can talk about the uh, you guys, uh, we, there was a, a time that we were at Solid Rock and there was um, individuals that were blind that were there and we spoke and then you guys served lunch. I still vividly can see you guys serving, which was beautiful. I remember silly stories. I mean, I could go on and on. I remember silly stories. I, one of your relatives had a school or somebody had a school and we were there. And then and, and the picture time comes. Myself and this guy, Josh and Andrew, are standing on our tippy toes just to be fun. And be goofy, yeah. like you were part of that stuff. I remember trying to get you to act out a uh, either alligator or ugly duckling type <laughs> scene. I remember, yep. like I said, I could go incredibly on. I can remember we ate at a YWAM restaurant, which was whatever. I can, I can talk about Erica and I uh, having a birthday party, her getting the chocolate cake, and then 
me being out in the Saucy's village and they had another cake. And I remember Abigail and I, after like hours of being late for this place that we were supposed to be, we eventually hand out like cookies and I got to hand them out with Abigail and I loved every second of it. Uh, there are things about, no, I, I could, like I said, um, because there, I, I haven't even, there's so much going to Valor and the hospital and being questioned by the classroom. And I even remember my feelings. Um, it was an interesting time, but I felt bad because I felt like the people behind me are really smart. And that's you guys. I remember feeling like I wanted to stop and bring you guys a part of it because I was the only one answering and I couldn't figure out if that's how it's supposed to be because I'm supposedly this guy. And, but these guys got some great stuff. And I, and I distinctly, you guys don't know who Benny is, do you? Like I wanted to, with all, just make you come up with, because I was like, I, I felt, I felt honored. That was nice of you guys, uh, of you guys, but also their class asked me those questions, even though it was kind of awkward. But I felt like you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. I've got this guy, Doctor Love, behind me, who I really think <laughs> you should listen to because there's a lot of aspects of him that is going to be able to answer this better than me. And then I remember <clears throat> uh, we spoke at the chapel and the chapel didn't have very many people in it till Abigail and Erica walked by. Then all of a sudden that chapel blows up <laughs> with all these guys. And I remember using that in the message. I remember saying something like, oh, so my friends that are girls come in here and you guys all come in here. Let's lust. And I, oh, I could go on and on about what I remember about that trip because it, meant a lot to me um and to the parts specifically with with you and abigail i'll tell a funny story there well i think it's funny but there were things that people don't know because I, I know you also talk about mission trips and we'll get into that uh that's a whole nother thing because how i view mission trips uh and how people view short-term mission trips i think there's a lot of differences um I like the schedule that we keep when we go places. Other mission trips, you take a vacation. And and I'm not even, if someone wants to take a vacation, that's great. Just don't call it a mission trip. But if you want to take a vacation and have it as a mission trip, great. Just don't ask grandma for money. But if you're going to go yeah. there, it's not wrong to take a vacation. It's not wrong to take a vacation and do a mission trip, whatever that means. And what does a mission trip mean? Don't take away from somebody else that could be doing the work of that. Go there and do what needs to be done anyway. So that's why it's a whole other issue. But um, there were other dynamics behind the scenes that in hindsight, I wish I would have dealt better with. I didn't know how to. And to this day, I'm not sure I would have known how to. So uh, a dynamic is sometimes this. Um, everybody is mature enough. But sometimes you forget that Benny and Abigail might like each other. Sometimes you yeah. forget that there's, there's, um, it was, I'm the only married guy. Okay. And I've got single people <laughs> that are all adults. <laughs> How do they feel even about somebody not trying to treat them like a child, but has responsibility and trying to play that out when there's all these other dynamics going on and then have certain people get upset at what else was going on. And you're trying to, okay, guys, I, I, you're right. I didn't think of that. And there are so many other things and that's all done. I don't need to bring those up, but those are things that go behind the scenes. So that leads me into this, this fun story. And, uh, uh, I think I don't know the truth of it. I just know what I, whatever. So, uh, 
it was very apparent early on that uh, the two of you something. Okay. Oh, what the heck? Glad they didn't sleep last night. (laughs) (laughs) They're a little sleepy. I wonder why. (laughs) Uh, They were talking and talking. And and it's good. I guess beautiful. And then uh, we're at a prayer meeting (laughs) that we're all supposed to be at. And Benny asked me, hey, we got this. And I don't know. Remember, I just, this ministry thing that we want to go do. Actually, mm-hmm. a date that uh, it seems like for him and Abigail and Joe, while we're at this prayer meeting, they go out and do some stuff. Well, not, there's a, there's different things in me of like, I remember my conversation with her dad. <laughs> I'm yeah. remembering this feeling inside of like, um, I know you guys are adults but I'm in an awkward spot right now. And I feel like I've already pushed an envelope of people being like, who do you think you are? Like, you're not this. We thought you were maybe a good, uh, a cool guy. Oh no, I'm also dad of a young child, have other responsibilities. I have other team members saying things, doing things. And I'm trying to keep a cohesiveness, knowing that I spoke at a Tupator conference uh, which is something I'll bring up because that was one of my most special times with you. Um, you might not even know that, but, um, uh, and I'm, all that stuff is going on. And, um, and so but then you guys went out on that uh, and it was like, okay. And I felt after that, um, that I, that was one of those things. It wasn't a bad thing. I felt after that, I didn't quite know how to share certain things or say certain things without, hurting feelings or doing something. And so I made certain choices in that to say certain things. And if I remember feeling like I might've hurt Abigail and I've never actually talked about that. I didn't, but, um, and I was sad because obviously she's someone that I was uh, so thrilled that was even on the trip. And I was like, I, but it was, and so I hope that doesn't put a negative on negative on anything. It was that part of, it was fun. Also enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like all those feelings all at once. And, and at the same time, you're going to all these places. You've, you're at this muzzle. You know, there's just so much going on. <laughs> um, and so like at Carnegie, uh, at, at Jupiter, I did not know what I was getting into for lots of things. And someone else would say, yeah, you didn't always do a good job explaining us what we were getting into either. Maybe. Um, I had no idea what was going to happen when I was there. A lot of things happened there that I've, just kind of kept close to the chest um, for a lot of different things. But one of the wonderful things was the last day. Uh, I I was there. Your dad was there, but he was often out doing other stuff. I was there pretty much alone. Didn't know. No one interpreted anything for me. Um, I I remember that. Yeah. And um, I was suspect of what I was saying was being interpreted correctly. (laughs) There are lots of dynamics going on. But the last day, and I enjoyed it. The last day, um, I had, I was exhausted. I was depleted in every way I could have possibly have been depleted because I was trying to be who I am and pray and do this stuff with people. The last day, everybody's getting ready to leave, but they said, they're getting ready to leave and they, you're going to pray over people individually. And this had happened on one of the nights. And one of the nights that it happened is they told me to go pray over people with a little bit of oil. And I go out there to pray over them. Well, I'm on my third person praying and I look and other lines are all done. We all had a hundred people in our lives. I'm on number three and they're done. 
And I started to notice their people started getting my line. Yeah. And, and I tried my best not to say uh, the same prayer. I, I, I'm trying to. So now the last day I come off the stage and you guys had gotten there. In fact, uh, there was uh, Erica and Josh, I think, and sang or something like that. Gotten off the stage and all of a sudden the line forms uh, for me to pray. And I was so depleted. But I wanted to give. And I also felt stupid because I can't speak Tamil. I can't speak Hindi. I can't speak Karnataka. I can't do squat diddly. I'm just a guy here who feels exceptionally inadequate. And then Benny comes in. And it was one of those moments. I trust that guy. I don't care if I get used. I don't care if other things are, I don't care. Um, I don't want that to be that way, but I don't care. But now when Benny walks in, I know that doesn't happen. And I don't care what happens. And there's something beautiful. I can be exhausted and be all those things, but Benny's here to translate. And I feel better. And it did something in my spirit seeing you. And it was, it was like on, on our trips, uh, your sister provided some of that role in the first trip, definitely. When I was with you in places, it changed the dynamic because it's okay, Benny's here. There was something where I felt uh, it wasn't being in the Muslim, it wasn't all those other things, uh, even though that having you there and all that, it, there was something of in the, in whatever situation it is, if Ben is there, I have Benjamin's there, it's okay. I'm not saying the results are going to be okay, like something, whatever. I'm saying it's okay. Uh, I trust that in this moment, with Benny being here, it's it's different. And I that I don't I don't have that with a lot of people. And sometimes there's situations that go on. I've had that with you and other trips where dangerous things are about to take place. And it, through nothing of our own, it was about ready to take place. But I could look over and see someone that I knew that I trusted, and that was beautiful. Nothing dangerous there. There's something of when you were so depleted, but you see somebody that you don't feel is like suck man that guy's crying that guy's a wuss that guy's a this that guy's the dumbest pastor you've ever met you don't understand he's not this i'd be like if benny said i'm the dumbest pastor i'd actually be okay with it i don't mind because i in me he doesn't mean it is the insult that all of you are taking it as and mm -hmm. i'm not so sure how that happens it just does with some people where it's like yeah i don't it's so anyway i hope that makes a little sense and and that's and that is true. And so that's why I say it. that trip, I, I could go on and on and on about lots and lots of, there are, so there are a couple of things that I do want to mention and like, we probably never talked about it ourselves, but so one for me, that was my first time as an interpreter, right? <laughs> my, yes. My sister has done it. I'm sure my dad has done it at times, but for me, that was my first, uh, first time doing that. And I only did it because you called, I was already in India at that time and you called me and you asked me if I could stay back because I was supposed to return That's... to the US. And I think my dad had asked me and I said, uh, I wanna come back. I don't wanna travel to villages and churches because I had never done a mission trip or served as an interpreter on any mission trips before. And then you called in a favor. <laughs> and so I said, <laughs> right. well, now I got to do it. And so, and that decision really, you know, changed the course of my life and 
changed the course of Abigail's life because she was also like a late addition to that trip. So things were preordained, uh, I believe, and that's how it led uh, to that. But to me, it was a big step in going out of my comfort zone because here I was up like now. Sure, many people might see me as a confident person who can stand in front of like big crowds or whatever and talk and all of that. Uh, but back then I was not. So for me, it was going out of my comfort zone to be the sole medium of, because you're talking in English and I'm tra uh, translating, I'm speaking, I'm interpreting it in Tamil and telling people who don't understand English. And I was thinking, I, I probably even mentioned it to you or to someone on the team, but you guys have a lot of trust that I'm saying exactly what <laughs> you're actually saying. So, uh, that was a huge thing for me and it really changed my perspective on ministry, like what it means to do ministry, what it means to serve people, not come from this position of, I know everything about the Bible, so I'm going to tell you and you're going to listen. It was more about, oh, listen, I want to share something that I know that is so good and so great about the word of God and I get to share it with other people. like. That changed my perspective so much. That mission trip changed my perspective so much that even now in my day-to-day -day lives, when I interact with people, when I talk about Jesus or how he has changed my life, I, I incorporate a lot of what I learned on that trip. So that's well, one component. Well, you know, when uh, we think about uh, you saying people might see now versus see then or how you're confident now, so I'm not putting any, it's not some uh, pat on the back zone. Uh, no, I saw it. <laughs> That's, why do you think I called you to? I was faking it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I saw it way in the, that, it, when I say I saw it, it, that's what I mean. Like, can I really trust you? Can I figure that night? No, no. When that first time in Pittsburgh, no, I saw that. Was it there? It doesn't, it, no, I saw that. And I saw what I thought, like why I would wanted you to talk to that school instead of me in that class. Cause I had already seen it. And yeah. does it need opportunity to be that? Yes. But it's like, no, and that's where it's like, yeah, that was, so the you, and when, you know, when we talked about kids, you're not my kid. I hope that doesn't sound awkward, but it's that part. Uh, you see things and you want to, you want them to be who they are. Like that's yeah. where felt you were being you with me that night. It was you. I don't know about who you are with anybody else. And I don't even know if you're you with them <clears throat> that night. I felt you were you. And that's the, you that invoked a lot of this. I would also then say, well, yeah, this guy is the guy you should be listening to. Cause you're also the same guy, all that who I believe we had to pull over to go to the bathroom and you were afraid of us filming it or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember it, that too. Yes. <laughs> all that Benny Juice. Like there's so many side things. All of that person, I think, is all of you. And that's what makes it so beautiful. Because you're right, you can you can put me in a place and I can actually be mature and uh, you know, be with people that are really important. They don't know this other stuff. There's all of us. Why would you need to be somebody different if you're with dignitaries than if you are with somebody in the village? It is one. Yeah. And and that's one of those things that I felt you 
being who you are is all these things. It works out differently than it does, you know, for my personality, but there really is all there. Like how personable I would have thought, uh, people probably didn't, maybe people didn't think you were very personable. If you were just around a certain group and your family was all there, you would have gone in the background. I'm like, this guy's a, this guy's exceptionally personal. This is a blast. I love this guy. <laughs> and it, you might not even have the confidence to that, but it was definitely there. It was definitely, and I, so when you tell me that, it makes me feel good. It isn't going to sound real cheesy, bro. Sorry. Uh, but this is how, uh, isn't it great when somebody can see just a little bit and God uses them to help us. You know, um, kind of talking about that. So when it came to Abigail, um, I, and I'm being very honest here. I'm not, you know, making this up for the sake of this recording or whatever, but we were probably the last ones, like when I say we, me and Abigail were probably the last ones to think that there was anything between us. Because he, he, here's another thing about 2011, Benny. Um, like I had a lot of friends, sure, but I didn't have a lot of friends I could share, like kind of be just vulnerable and just be very open and not have any walls in front of me, just have a very honest conversation about life, about faith, about everything. I didn't have that many friends like that. Um, and with Abigail, almost from day, probably not day one, because we had, we didn't really have the greatest impressions on each other. And we've talked <laughs> about that before too, but probably right from the second day onwards, you know, like you mentioned, we would stay up all night talking uh, in the living room. <laughs> so Thank you, no confusion whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> but we would just stay up for hours and just like talking about life. And I could feel myself just every day opening up more and more and also feeling very strange. I was like, <laughs> I've never done this before. I've never, because I, you know, I, for years uh, during that time, uh, I studied in a boarding school. So I was away from my parents and all of my close friends were people who studied with me. And then, so what you do in that kind of situation is you kind of filter out the information uh, or you filter out your life that you want to share with anyone else. And that includes family as well. And then here's this girl who just, she just <laughs> knew the right questions to ask. You know, she, she knew how to keep the conversation going and then she would share a little bit about herself and that's what happened. So over the course of those, you know, days that we spent on the road or, you know, like, uh, back when we, when we got back home and we would like kind of debrief and talk, that was all it was that kind of planted the seeds for our relationship that we eventually, again, that is me and Abigail, it took us a while to realize that all of this time there was this connection that was being built up. So that is all there is to that dynamics. And I don't think we've ever talked about that directly. Um, and I, now when I look back, I, I do feel like that it probably puts you in a tough spot because you're not just responsible for one person, you're responsible for everyone and then parents or other leaders. So I get it now, <laughs> but at that time. So I remember, I remember, um, I've never asked, and I, it's not you guys, but Abigail, I, I, a lot of the ways that I feel about you, I differently, but similar feel about Abigail. And I remember coming home 
And uh, the plane ride home was very discouraging for me because I felt like somehow I had discouraged or something Abigail and maybe treated her in a way that was less adultish than she felt. It was the overall, because nobody wants to feel that way if they've done that to somebody. And it felt like um, it was a misunderstanding. Uh, I don't even, I still wouldn't know what I did or didn't do, but it was going to be a misunderstanding. And one of those misunderstandings that, um, I hope I don't sound awkward, but uh, that I'm going to eat. I'm, I'm just going it, to, it's not going to be talked about maybe 30 years from now, but it's like, it's not something that, she let her. She doesn't need to know what you were going with, dealing with. But then she doesn't need to know why certain things. And I maybe I handled it wrong. But like you had said, there's so many other dynamics and things that you're thinking of. And one of the neatest joys that I got um, then was obviously doing your wedding. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things of like uh, uh, I'm not this immature, but you can. You're a human. You feel certain things. I'm like. They don't hate me. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was really special to do. And um, I remember praying for you guys at the dinner ahead of time in Pittsburgh and stuff like, and your cute little purple pants and um, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Even and, I didn't remember that one. Oh dude. I, I tell you, there's just lots of details for me. And I don't know why it was like being in that uh, rural village with Abigail. That was part of one of the stories. Um, I don't know if the kid's name was Joshua, but we were praying over people like, there were things that I was enjoying doing with Abigail that um, other people that I have taken on mission trips, I would not have been as quick to say, hey, open up doing that. Partly because knowing her personality, knowing she'd been on trips, knowing that she's mature, you can do other things. Somebody else, they're, this is awesome. I'm in India. No, she's on a trip. Yeah. She, there's other aspects of it. And that was, and so it was all those awkward feelings like, crap, here I think this person's awesome. And I did something, maybe I said a joke I shouldn't have, or maybe I was this, or maybe, oh, dang it, you know. Well, she's got Dr. Love hitting on her anyway, so that'll be all right. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> But fast forward uh, six years from that trip, like you said, you officiated a wedding. Honestly, for us, you were the top choice. In fact, I don't even know if we considered anyone else because we were talking about it. It was like, oh, he has to do it. He has to do it because he is in many ways responsible for this. <laughs> he let it happen. He let us uh, actually hang out and talk. And here we are. I brought up that you guys were staying up late at night and I knew it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's so funny. But I think it's important to know from the perspective of someone who is living it, you know, like you kind of mentioned it earlier that some people can't treat it like a vacation almost, but it's important to hear from the perspective of someone who's essentially devoted their life, who makes a lot of sacrifices to go to these places, to lead others and all with the purpose of sharing the gospel. And I think it's important for someone like, you know, like I, I think of Sadie and I think of Amelia, like when they grow up, I don't know how that's going to look like uh, in the next 20, 25 years. Uh, I, I don't know what the role of missions is or evangelism is uh, in the next 20, 25 years, but I want them to understand how it was. Yeah. You know, apart from it just being this cute story of how my parents met, but also <laughs> what it meant to be, uh, you know, as someone who would travel across the seas. They, I hope they heard in there. 
Uh, there's a lot to say, Sadie and Amelia. There's a lot, lot, lot more on all those things that are true. Here's something that I hope they picked up. Your mom and dad did it. Yeah. Your mom and dad had a deep love for missions. Uh, they didn't know how much that always meant. They had a deep love of, they, they were willing to step out. Your, your dad was put in a lot of situations. Your mom was put in lots of situations. Your parents love Jesus. And they also weren't dorks. <laughs> <There's a part. laughs> I think they'll know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Growing Parents up, they'll know that. They they were enjoyable. Your mom and dad were a lot of fun. Like there's neat things. And look, and being that they were who they were and they went. The went is just always going. And you as you are going in life, you are making disciples. It wasn't that your parents were sometimes, it's life. It wasn't compartmentalized. Yeah. And so you have very cool parents. Um uh, girls. I endorse that, by the way. <laughs> I don't know where it'll go. Uh, and maybe we're getting close to wrapping up, but um, Proverbs tw uh, uh, 26, four, uh, 26, uh, 24, 6. Train a child up the way you go and hold not depart from it. Not the way I think they should go. Hmm. The way this child should go. So uh, my oldest son loves books. I, I'm not a very good reader, but you feed that. My daughter loves adventure. She's she's been to India. She went to India when she was 14, and so it's not something that I just did. It it, it you know she went. Um, my youngest son, his first word and his last word, and he's a senior now, is ball. That's all he wants to do is sports. <laughs> well, feed that. Yeah. It's not make them be like their dad, or their mom. It's feed that and trust that's what Jesus is, how he's made them. And so, and in that, when they're old, they will not depart from. I, your mom and dad, girls, and your mom, yeah, both your mom and dad, and I, I, I hope to more of an increasing degree, even myself, it, we are who we are. My kids uh, probably are tired of me throughout their life saying certain phrases. I have a few dadisms that I say, but one of them that I beat the snot out of is be who you are. The reason why is because being having a dad that has had some things happen, you might think, well, if I'm a good Christian, I'd do that. Or if I'm a bad Christian, just don't do that. Whatever they might think of their dad. No, be who you are. And don't try and fit that mold. I never tried to get my kids uh, to do these things. You lived it out in front of them. They saw that. You took them along with you where you could in life for different things. My son Samuel once had to apologize. He was playing a game and locked a girl in a, uh, a room on accident. When he closed the door, but he held it. It was funny. He thought she was scared. She was a little kid. Yeah. He was. He was like eight. I made him go up to their house and knock on the door and apologize. Probably scarred him in some ways for life because <laughs> he was so scared. <laughs> and also helped him be a man of understanding. No, you apologize when you've done something wrong, even if you didn't intend it. My kids. Have heard me apologize to them a lot, repent to them a lot. They've seen me apologize and repent to their mom. They have seen uh, me love their mom as hard as I possibly can. And not for them, like they think, ooh, dad's doing something right. No, it's 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 the reality. And I pray for them. I We should want, it's not being weird. I want my daughter, of course, to grow up and be like her mom. That'd be fantastic. And I want my boys to want to marry somebody that treated me the way their mom treated me. And I want my daughter to want to be married to someone to marry a man the way that I saw my dad treat my mom. 
And, and so it's all that. And, and so be who you are. And then you're, as parents, you're living it out. You're repenting. You're doing all those things in front of them. Uh, you're being who you are. And that's letting them be who they are. And then you're letting God, they're being trained up. And they get old, they'll not depart from it. So my son is in, uh, my oldest son is, he, I was funny, uh, Josh would be like a professor at a Bible school. He's, he's teaching the Bible. He's teaching at church. He's doing all this cool stuff. He's a guy that, uh, will teach somewhat Old Testament law and help you understand all that good stuff. And he's a lot of fun, but I'm just, so, but then there's Samuel, my youngest. He's the guy that's going to say, Hey dad, I want to go where I can swing on a vine, wear a thong and tell people about grace. (laughs) And, and, and that's, what's great. And Rachel, like I said, my daughter's a welder. Never saw that one coming. She's a welder. She's a lead welder at the company. And yet, what is she doing? Uh, She's mostly saves her money so that she has enough that she, she can do She's supporting work in India. But then when she saved enough, she can maybe just go. Yeah. And, that, and you're like, you sit there, you train them the way they should go. Uh, anyway, there's so many things to say in there. And that's where uh, you're right. Things are changing. They're going to change a lot and it'll be very different, but the gospel doesn't. The, the message never changes. The methodology will uh, missions, um, I needed to learn. I have a lot yet to learn uh, from people overseas uh, and here. So the mission sometimes going there, like if someone to say, uh, uh, I want to go over there and do a mission trip. Okay, well, can you want to go over there and take a two-week vacation? Like literally spend your own money, do your own thing, and then go sit over there and learn. Just don't call it a mission trip. That's okay. Yeah. If you want to do a mission trip, let's look at it because I don't think missions are – uh, this is one of the things that I talked about, but I, yeah, I know people disagree on that. I don't think missions are the same as they used to be. The idea now of me, me if, if you want to be a missionary, if I want to move to India or if someone wants to go to India, we'll just use India and sell everything and put all their stuff in a canoe and send it down the way and set it on fire. Great. I love that idea. Don't live like a white guy, some Americanized, whatever, and think that you got answers. Right? No, they got more answers than you've got. If you want to go over there because you love it and you... Yeah. That's different. And then, but don't, you don't need all that money. You don't need a 401k. You don't need this. But if you want to go over there as a vacation, oh man, now I can go on the internet and type in, you got a theological belief that's uh, important to you. You can probably type that in and type in a country and you'll find someone that shares it and you'll have a kindredness. What sometimes that wherever there is, whether it's in, in America, anywhere, what they need is your friendship, your encouragement. You're standing with them because it's really lonely. And sometimes they might need some financial burden. I knew a guy who was the only pastor for 50 villages, riding a bike to 50 villages and working. He doesn't need me to go over there and learn the language. Yeah. He needs to be able to say, hey, bro, I can, let's, let's do this. You're going to all those villages. And no, we want to help support you financially for as long as we can so that you can continue to do that without working two other jobs to do that as well. That might be needed, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, but friendship is needed and that's not going to change. Uh, there's, I could go on and on, but. Well, I can't think of a better way to, to kind of wrap this up because I wanted to talk about not just our beginnings, you know, uh, on that mission trip, but about, you know, mission work in general and get your perspective as well as, you know, as far as how it's going to look like and what the attitude needs to be. And you kind of touched upon 
all of that uh, very well. Uh, but Kevin, Pastor Kay, you know I love you. I really, really appreciate you spending so much time, especially when your kids are playing soccer, is it? Baseball. <laughs> and you're, baseball, close enough. Uh, <laughs> they're playing baseball and you're sitting, sitting in a car and having this conversation with me. Um, so I'm gonna let you go, but thank you so much uh, for everything for just being a part of my life, for being a part of Abigail's life and for just leading us on that trip, but also everything uh, since then as well, and including officiating a wedding. So we love you. Thank you so much. And awesome. I can't wait for Sadie to hear this and realize how big uh, of a role you had in our lives. Sadie, uh, because of your mom and dad, uh, they, they don't understand all the things that they did either. Uh, when they say nice stuff about me, your mom and dad did a lot that caused a lot of good things in me and missions will look different. The gospel is still true. It is the only way to heaven. It is beautiful. It's going to be different. It's always hard and it'll always, it'll get harder. It's, there's a lot more, will be a lot more resistance to it, but your mom and dad, not only did they love the gospel and do because of them, Human anti-human trafficking organizations were started because of them. People are so all the other side things that the gospel you have to do after the gospel. The gospel right. is paramount because you don't want someone to get good drinking water but then die and go to hell. You know because you but because you didn't give them the message. Your parents help start things that will uh, live on after I'm gone, and it's beautiful. So I love you. I love your wife. Please give your. Uh, uh, Kids, if, if you see this, uh, please hug your parents when you see them for me. <laughs> um, tell them to give each other a kiss, and uh, that'll mean a lot. So thanks, Benny. And that's it for this episode. Thanks again to Kevin for coming along on a trip down memory lane. Next time, for the last time on this podcast, I'm going to be speaking with the most important person in my life. Till then, thanks for listening, and dear Sadie, Appa loves you. Thank you.